Hi, I'm Donnie. I'm Trinidadian Costa Rican. Hi, I'm Rhonda. I'm Afro Honduran. And we are and your co hosts for Negra Como Soy. Or I am Afro Latina. Every Tuesday, we'll bring you the insights, perspectives, and history of the African diaspora in Latin America. To educate, enlighten, and hopefully create a sense of belonging for you, our listeners, and viewers. Negra Como Soy is brought to you by Cultures, the global multicultural magazine. Cultures celebrates cross-cultural identity because everyone should feel like they matter. ¿Qué tal, Ronda? ¿Qué tal? Hey, bien, bien. ¿Cómo estás? ¿Qué pedo vos? <laughs> How are you today? I'm, I'm um, in South America still. I mean, Argentina today. And... Um, I'm excited to talk about this topic because there's been a lot of hubbub lately in the United States about mm -hmm. this, and we have lots of things to say. So <laughs> I'm going to introduce, we're going to talk about hair. You saw me playing with my hair. We're going to talk about hair. Look, everyone on the screen has different hair today. <laughs> um, but our guest to talk about it, and she's the one who suggested we talk about this, is Antoinette Toscano. And Welcome. she does some things, a few things. She's not Afro-Latin. However, she is cross-cultural. And she is a contributor to cultures and does a whole lot of outdoorsy things. This woman hunts. Okay? I told her a long time ago, I was like, my ex-husband would have loved you. This is, you are the wife that he wanted, right? Because <laughs> I remember he was like uh, a friend of ours went hunting with his, her husband or something like that. He's like, you never do. I'm like, I'm not sitting in the cold with you. I, yes, I might go hunting, but I'm not. You talk about sitting in the snow for hours. Like, that does not sound like fun, right? You know so it doesn't hunts, sound fun for me. Right? Oh, <laughs> we all know that Rhonda loves her heat, right? Back to Costa Rica. Can we turn off the air conditioning? What? What? <laughs> okay. So Antoinette hunts. Um, she... Does archery, which I think is dang cool. Que chulo. Dang cool. Right? <laughs> and um, she also shoots. Actually, I would love to do that. My brother does that. He goes to the shooting range, and I that's shoot. something that I do. Um, she uh, mountain, what? No, not repels. Repels, right? She does all the things. Whitewater rafts, <laughs> I do that too. I don't repel. But um, she does all the things. So we're, she's going to tell us a little bit about her activities and her channel. And then we're going to launch into black hair. Okay. So Antoinette, welcome. Tell us about yourself. Hi, everyone. So happy to be here. So I actually have, and I don't talk about this much. I actually do have Spanish heritage, but it's such a small percentage of uh, my ethnicity you know, from Spain that I don't really talk about it that much. Um, I identify as black. My family is from Nigeria and I'm an indigenous Arawak from Jamaica, and a whole lot of Irish, it turns out. <laughs> well, oh no, I didn't know that. I have a lot of Irish and Arawak as well. Hmm, interesting. Wow. Nice yes. connection there. Yes. So yeah, I'm an all-around outdoor adventure sports woman. Uh, I write about adventure sports, um, as well as cross-cultural lifestyle, and I, um, hunt fish. I am a mountaineer. I do climb and rappel, hike. Um, I love ice fishing. <laughs> she really does. Another thing that you won't see me doing. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, stand I actually, up paddle boarding, I'm river surfing. I might, 
I might I fish. I I do like that. I don't mind the cold. I I prefer the cold to the heat, but I don't want to be cold. Well, you know the clear. the great thing about ice fishing in Colorado is that we have over 300 days of sunshine here and it might be minus 7 degrees outside, but when the sun is shining, I usually take off my coat or at least open my coat because it's so warm. <laughs> mm -mm. False advertisement. That's why my <laughs> husband got me to move to Colorado. Not true, people. It's cold. Sun shining and it's still cold. It's cold, but if the wind no, she, blowing, no, 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 we need, we no, no, we need to clear this up because I went down to Tucson and she thinks it's warm. <laughs> you were in Tucson in December. In December. It doesn't matter. You, you still said it was warm. It was freezing. It was colder than it, Colorado. It was it not was colder, colder than, than Colorado. Colorado. No, you're. Ex it's because it was. you were dressed for the desert, expecting hot, but it was winter. And winter lasts two months, unlike Colorado, which lasts how long? Was it like seven uh, months of cold? Basically, months? December uh -uh. to right. February. It turned winter no. happens again. In Colorado. True cold winter happens. No, in October no, no, to no, no, May. No, no. October to May, when agree. it could snow, do not drop agree. below 50 degrees, October to May. Yeah, I was there I nine you're, and a half years. You're outspoken. I have to agree Colorado loving Thank people. you. <laughs> she just agreed with me. Wait, October what? to May, it you, could be below 50 degrees and it could snow. Well, I, I have to tell you a story. Well, of course so. it could, but that's not that one. And it know. usually does. Words now. You're mincing I was there words. nine months. I am, a, it's, I am a PR person. I know how to It snowed Mother's words. Day weekend <laughs> every year I lived there from 2012 till 2021. It snowed October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Might have oh, only snowed so once, but here, it snowed all those months every year. Here <laughs> yeah, I spent a lot of time in the mountains, and it, it gets yeah. very cold. Thank so you. in August, I took a group of white folks to camping, and... Uh, <laughs> It was like 90 degrees during the day and 31 and frost on uh, icicles on the outside of the tent the next morning. But then it was like 90 degrees again during the day. So, yeah. So here's the problem with what Dr. Rhonda is saying. First of all, <laughs> being in the mountains in Colorado is different than being in the city in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Secondly, yes, it can snow, but... Colorado snow lasts like three days, right? I don't want to see it at My all. My perception if it's of <laughs> but I mean that's well, I I'll give you that. You don't want to see it at all, but I don't want to be in cold ass Tucson. It's supposed to be hot, and I'm wearing a sweater and a coat, and I'm freezing to the bone, like chill no to the way. bone, like the bones inside. It, it was not that cold. I have pictures and. Everyone who knows me knows I would not be in that kind of weather, not dressed. And it's two months. Two months it was cold. By February, it was already hot again and getting up into the 70s and 80s. Okay. We'll, have, we'll clearly have to have another <laughs> temperature discussion. Yes. The temperature discussion. <laughs> but today, we're talking about hair. <laughs> yes. Weird. Anyway, you see, there's a difference of opinion. Rather than I want to be completely <laughs> Yes. Uh -oh. So, okay. so we had, I had put, okay, so we just had a cover for Cultures Magazine with Anjanou Ellis, who was in the Will Smith movie about Serena and Venus Williams' dad. King Richard is the name of the film. 
And Anjanou played the mother of Venus and Serena Williams. She was our cover star. We talked about um, a film that she worked on, a short film, that it was her vision about uh, freedom fighter Fannie Lou Hamer. So I made a post on social media about uh, Lupita Nyong'o from, she's Kenyan-Mexican, she's cross-cultural. And um, <clears throat> Lupita was like, you know, doing that, what was that, the Simpsons thing? Where, you know, you see uh, Homer Simpson going back into the bush and he's doing the side, the side look <laughs> kind of thing. So Lupita was doing that at the Oscars or the Academy Awards when Will Smith, the infamous slap that was heard around the world happened and he sat back in his seat and Lupita was like, uh, what's happening? Right. So she did the little eyeball thing back into the bush. And so I posted that and then Antoinette made a comment. I said, that was, I am not angry at Will Smith for his reaction. And maybe it was because of my own visceral reaction where I wished someone had defended me. Um, not that I can't defend myself, but <laughs> I wish someone had defended me all the times in my life from childhood to adulthood where I had to defend my hair and my choices about my hair and not having agency over my hair until maybe about eight years ago. So I, where I took back my agency as a grown woman, I had to take back my agency over myself and, and of course my hair. And um, I, my reaction was, thank you for every black woman, every multicultural woman that has ever had to, to suffer through comments about their hair. Thank you, Will. That was my reaction. That was like my gut reaction. And that lasted for days. You know, not that I'm advocating wow. violence, but my heart was just like, thank you. I needed that. I feel like he stood up for me and for every other woman that has ever received criticism about their hair. Well, so there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> a lot of, you know, it's been weeks actually since that happened and it's still a narrative. I mean, it's still in the news cycle. It's still literally on the internet every day, on news channels every day. Um, wow. Okay. So Rhonda and I, so, so Antoinette then sent a, a note and she was like, Hey, I would love to have this discussion. And so Rhonda and I started speaking of it and Rhonda, you shared some things that happened with you with her. Yeah. I think when we were having the conversation, it was more about, um, I think I was talking about my changing hairstyles that I, my hair is constantly different because I get bored and, and, and the way that I identify. And so people are less confused about me speaking Spanish or even Portuguese. If I have my hair straight, if I have like, you know, loose, looser curls in my hair, if it's not braided, then it makes sense. Like, oh yeah, you look like, you look like you're Honduran. You look like you're from Central America or somewhere. Whereas if my hair's like this, then there's more question like, oh, really? How, how, come, how come you speak Spanish? You, you just look black, you know? <laughs> and we've already had that conversation about blackness and, and the, the wide diversity that exists in using that, that label. Um, 
But yeah, that was that was where my conversation was coming from. Just the texture of hair and, and how it frames the face and how people will choose to label or identify you based on that hair. So if the, I believe if the three of us were in a room together and it was said, you know, two of us, or even if it was like, you know, guess, guess who's Latina of this group of women? They would probably point directly at you, Antoinette, because of your hair texture, right? And they would be more surprised because Donnie has locks, my hair is in braids. Like they would be more likely here in the United States, I have to specify for Donnie, like if we're here in the US, that people would point to, to Antoinette first and guess that she's probably Afro-Latina and would guess that Donnie and I are African-American, just regular black, as they say, from the United States. Um, so that's that's where I'm coming from in the conversation. In the, And I think that is an important distinction in the United States, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I do agree that that would be <clears throat> very much an assumption that was made. So, you know, it's interesting. So. Rhonda had talked about, yes, we, we had a couple of different discussions. So one was an actual discussion. That's where we talked about your changing hair and that kind of thing. The other one was just the uh, text commentary when we talked about Antoinette's comments. And you talked about the texture and people, you know, assuming are you Afro-Latin or not. You know, it's you all. In the United States, outside of the United States, I actually haven't had very many hair issues. Hmm. I haven't had very many hair comments other than compliments for the most part. I can think of one time and it was it was when I was transitioning to natural, okay, at Colorado State University and this gentleman. So what I love about black hair, oh what I love about black hair is you literally can do it all. You can everything right press like throw it out curl uh, it up braid it up yes yes and so um i actually uh one time side note uh, a friend of mine who's mixed race her father's african-american her her mother was dutch and she was born in holland and came to the united states and spoke didn't speak english when she first came and she was like five and her her sisters and her brother they're all various shades all different textures of hair whatever so her younger sister, one time I said, um, oh, oh, okay, she has two younger sisters. And then my friend who was my age, I said, I love your hair. Yeah, I said, you, you got the best hair of everybody, okay? Now, so she took it a certain way, okay? Because now she came here at five and she's been in the United States since then. And then, but she didn't say anything. She kind of just paused, right? Looked at me and I think she was shocked that I was the one saying this to her, right? And as we spoke some more and I was like, yeah, it's so great. This is before I went natural and knew that I could do it too, right? I said, it's so great because you wear it straight, you wear it curly, da, 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 da. And then you could physically see she melted. She's like, oh, that's what you mean, okay? Because what I meant was different than what people typically say because Technically, she would be the one in her family that had that good hair, right? Mm-hmm. Her younger sister's hair was more like mine, where mine's like Antoinette's, but tighter curls, okay? So, and it didn't used to be that way. The, the curls have gotten tighter in the last three years. If I give you a fi- picture of myself four years ago and forward, they were looser than Antoinette's. And I, and I have five different types of curls on my head, right? Which, by the way, those kitchen curls, the ones in the back, 
that they tell you, you know, you were supposed to try to get rid of, those are the best girls on your head. Like those are the the most well formed, the nicest, the most beautiful girls are right back here. Anyway, I digress. So I learned I learned all of that when I went natural, though, and then I remember thinking back to my friend um, and realizing, oh my. And anyone who knows me when I went natural, I screamed it from the rooftop to everybody who would listen. I'm like, they lied. They lied. Our hair is fantastic. <laughs> right? Because I've, I I wore relaxers for how many decades? Right? My hair was straight and it was long. There was a time when pe- you know people would always assume that your hair wasn't your hair because it's long. And... Um, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. That I mean, everybody I know, because I knew black people from everywhere. There's just hair is just hair in terms of some people's hair is short, some people's hair is long, some people's hair is this, that, that. I was used to that. But then when I came to the States, it was like all of y'all's hair is like this. And over time, that seeped into my psyche. So when I finally went natural, and I went natural not as any kind of statement, because as I got older, I always had all this hair. My hair was so thick. The strands aren't thick. The strands are fine. My hair is very fine and people have a hard time believing that, right? Very fine and very soft, but I have a lot of it. So as I got older and I kept straightening my hair, it was getting flatter and flatter and flatter because the strands themselves are very fine, right? (laughs) And so um, um, I went natural because it looked just, it was flat. (laughs) It was flat and thin, right? And I was wearing it straight. So I started going natural and it looked very full and very curly and all wonderful. Okay. So then I discovered, like I said, I screamed from the rooftops. I tried to get everybody and their brother to change to natural because I'm like, your hair is fabulous too. Look, my hair is fabulous. Look, yours yours is fabulous. They've been lying to us, lying. Look, the kitchen is nice. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And so um, that's where I come to now, right? And so going, I know, I'm so grateful for how I grew up and being in different places and seeing so many different types of hair because I don't have that internalized except for when I came here and then having to say oh they lied to us our hair is fabulous right um I don't have that internalized oh but there's something wrong with your hair right I can think back to people making little comments like oh the negroid hair because in Trinidad and Tobago uh, there's a lot of East Indians, you know, so they have very straight, very black hair. And there's a lot of mixing. So there's all types of hair. So every once in a while, you hear something about Negroid hair, this and that. But I didn't hear it enough to know that that meant something bad, that you were trying mm-hmm. to get rid of it or whatever. Uh-huh. Whereas you say Antoinette, Arawak Indian in, in Trinidad and Tobago, right? Like the Native Americans in this part, in, in well, in this part, I'm in South America right now. But um, in North America... Those are different indigenous people than where my cultures come from, right? And so, yeah, hair was just a thing and it was beautiful. And I didn't have to deal with those kinds of comments. But I get I get it now that we come here. And then come back to um, Chris Rock. Now, okay. So I get it, Antoinette. Like, you feel defended, okay? But I don't know that I feel like he was making a comment about hair. Do you guys really feel like he's making a comment about... So here's what I took from it. I had a similar reaction to Lupita. I heard what he said and I felt offended. 
because wait wait to to chris chris or said and i felt offended yep wasn't offended at Chris. She laughed at Chris. She was, if she was her look, her little sideways look was when Will Smith lost his mind a little bit. Right. <laughs> but when I heard right? Chris Rock's words, I took it personally. I, I felt it. And um, I looked at uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's face and I, I felt a feeling that I have no idea what was in her mind, but I, I recognize that look. I recognize that emotion around hair. And um, what I felt when he made that comment is, boy, you know better. You did a whole documentary about hair. You know the black and brown woman's experience around hair. And you made a comment about a black woman's hair choice. That's how I felt. I, I, I felt insulted. I felt like we have to defend our hair in the workplace, in the boardroom, in the bedroom, in our communities. Um, I, my father didn't want me to have a relaxer, so my mother went behind his back and relaxed my hair. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want it either. I loved my big curls that were down to my bicep when I was a kid. I thought that was amazing. And my mother would tell me all the time, it's a good thing you're smart because you're not the pretty one. Because <laughs> my sisters are very pretty. <laughs> you are very pretty. Yeah. Don't even I'm let sure you heard it about this, but you're so pretty. Thank you. But yeah, so my mother, I'm adopted. I'm sorry, what? No, I'm flabbergasted that your mother, are, so you're adopted. Are you, were your sisters, um, their natural children? No, my parents had one um, biological child, an older son who's 14 years older than me, love him, but he and my parents have passed on. And then they adopted four children, three girls and one boy, and I'm the youngest. Um, my parents are African-American. My mother's family has... Um, indigenous and white heritage, because you know about that slavery thing. And um, she has bone straight, jet black hair. And my sisters uh, have um, very short, kinky hair, and they are absolutely gorgeous, just really gorgeous women. Um, and um, I was thought of as ugly in my family and my mother would tell me all the time it's a good thing you're smart it's a good thing you're nice because you're not pretty and you know you need to do other things because you're never gonna get a man oh my god so anyway wow. <laughs> but i realize as a young I'm child it's much your character and what you offered the world is much more important than how you look so um I didn't realize that it bothered me until I was older. I thought I kind of, you know, shook it off. But as I got older, I realized that her messages did seep in. And my whole community would tell me, do something to your hair. Why does it look so wild? My track team even called me Broomhilda because I looked like the cartoon witch when I ran and my hair was all whatever. They would say, tame that hair. If I heard tame that hair from another person of color in my life, I thought I was just going to lose it. 
white people would never tell me anything negative about my hair. It's always very positive. I wish I could have hair like yours. But black people would always tell me, and, and these were primarily black people raised by um, Southern black parents who moved to New York City, right? But um, Caribbean black people would say, um, what are you? And I'd say, I'm black. No, you're not. And I even got beat up. <laughs> I got beat up at four years old by some Boricua girls who were like, you just don't want to be Boricua. <laughs> you know you're Puerto Rican. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm black. And they beat me up, like jumped me. But like they, I jumped but, at four. So they were Boricua, now I can't speak, Boricua in the United States or they were yes. from Puerto Rico? See, and that's a, I think that's a big distinction. That's a good, question. That's a good question. I don't know that because I was too young to really know. But my suspicion is they were probably born in Puerto Rico because they had a very thick accent and they lived in our community, but there wasn't a huge um, Afro-Latino or Latina community within our community, even though it was multi-ethnic um, community in Queens, New York. Um, but... They were looking for allyship, you know, so the black girls were beating them up. They wanted more um, Latinas to kind of, you know, be together so that there would there would be safety in numbers. And here I am like a four year old kid with these teenage girls and, you know, like middle school girls. And they were like, oh, another um, Puerto Rican girl. And I'm like, no, I'm black. And the they beat me up. And then black girls would try to cut my hair, put gum in my hair, tell me, you think you're cute. My sisters even say that. You think you're cute because you have good hair. I'm four. I don't know what good hair is. I don't even know what cute is yet. <laughs> right? Wow. And so, like, I spent my entire life trying to hide my hair um, when I was in my community because someone had an opinion about it. I wasn't black enough to the black girls. I thought I was cute to the black girls who were like, um, you know, African girls. And if they were a mixed race girl or a girl from the Caribbean or from um, some other Spanish speaking country, they would think that I'm trying to deny my... Um, Hispanic heritage to fit into a black, a mostly black community. Mm -hmm. And so I was, and, and then also, you know, the way I talk, I had a lisp as a kid. So I went to speech therapy at four and, um, people would tell me all the time, you're trying to be white. You sound like a white girl. Why you gotta, why you gotta enunciate every word? And I'm like, I, I'm four. I don't know how to talk. Ah, you know? So like my whole life, I've always been other. I've always been, I've always had that question, where are you from? Not because of my skin, but because of my hair. And, well, and, and we and and I talk about that, right? We, I mean, we're used to those types of things, right? Like I've gotten the, where are you from? I get that all the time. I do get, I have gotten a lot of questions about my hair. My thing though, when I was, so when I was little, and as you all know, I grew up around the world. I was in the United States. How old was I when this happened? I think I was like probably six or eight. I had a lot of hair and this was in the United States. And so, um, uh, the kids on the playground would always say that I was wearing a wig. That's how much hair I had. The people, my whole life, people have accused me of having fake hair. Okay. No matter what I'm doing to my hair, there's times I've chosen to add to it, but for the most part, it's usually my hair. 
everyone for as long as I can ever remember. It's beginning in, on the playground, because I had, you know, during when you had picture day, my mom pressed my hair on the stove with a hot comb, right? <laughs> Came to school with all mm-hmm. the curls, right? Hair straight, all the curls. And people were like, why are you wearing that wig? Because I had that much hair, right? And I'd be like, they'd want to fight me. Nobody ever fought me, though, because I have a lot of muscles. People talk. They don't try to fight me, though. I'm getting old now, so I should probably stop saying that because the muscles are going away. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's interesting to see. And, and I do. I feel like it's a blessing to have had different experiences except for a monocultural. When I say monocultural, because clearly what you're talking about isn't a monocultural experience. It's a cross-cultural experience. But when I say monocultural in this context, I mean um, single nationality, right? Meaning you're in one culture that perceives things to be a different way. And so all of the cultures that you were interacting with were really what has seeped into them was the attitude of what was happening in that particular milieu, in that localized environment, right? And I and I feel like I'm fortunate it's enough to have been in one like that but then also gone other places so it didn't stick right you started to say something go ahead yeah it's the cultural baggage of the closer that you are in a a post-colonial world the closer that you are to what white beauty is um is valued um and then that became a limiting belief of well, if you're dark skinned, you're not attractive because, you know, that doesn't look like the colonizer, uh, the colonizer's um, perception of beauty. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> so I was not thought of as attractive in my home because I have a broad nose and big lips. And um, but then, but then they're telling you yeah. that you think you're cute because of your hair. Right, and that's that's outside. I've I've. I've heard the opposite of that. Like, well, I did hear in New Orleans, especially with the Creole culture, you know, people prefer the looser curls and then you're prettier if you're, if you're dark and your hair is loose and like you're really special and, and exotic looking and pretty. Um, but also within the, the Latin American community, especially, there's always that talk of um, pelo malo, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so your hair, you got to a certain tightness of your curls before you have pelo malo and you have the hair. Nobody wants that. That's that ugly hair. Now you need to go get it pressed. You need to get a relaxer put on it or whatever, right? Um, or you well, cut it I all have, off. I have you to keep admit, it cut yeah. low. Mm, I have to admit, it's interesting. And you, my, it's interesting because my younger brother... Are light. So my mother is lighter. My dad, he's the Latin one, but he's the darker one. Uh, he's very dark. And my mother was the lighter one. And my mother has the the um, more, not coarse curls, but the tighter curls. My father's hair is very silky. Okay. My older brother and I got my, my father's hair. So like I said, in the last few years, it's gotten, my curls have gotten tighter, but it's still very silky. My hair has always been, all I have to do is take a brush and to straighten it right or sleep on it and it'll go straight and um but there's still so much to that or even i'll tell you what um when i was natural before i had the locks i went to in fort collins colorado a hairdresser who was white she was like she's like oh i can work on curly hair my 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 daughter has curly hair this and that whatever i'm like okay 
So I went and I'll never forget, man, I gave her a cross eye because she was like, they're just so tight. And I looked at her like, uh, Heffa, you better. <laughs> it's like, I'm about to knock you out. What are you talking, right? Like, you said you could do this hair. And, but it was interesting. It was, and I think that's what you're alluding to. It was almost like the tone of it was like disgust and surprise all at once. Like, but really what it was rooted in is she said she could do this and she didn't know how to do this, right? If you know how to work mm -hmm. with curly hair, you know how to work with curly hair. She, however, didn't. She only knew how to work with her daughter's hair, which was barely wavy, I found out later, right? <laughs> and so mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I'm what from, I find, uh, go ahead, go ahead. What I find interesting is when I've traveled throughout the world or lived in other countries, um, no one ever questioned my blackness. No one ever questioned, um, I don't know, my no one ever said your hair is ugly or whatever it was just kind of you know your hair is your hair right <laughs> but in the united states is where yeah. the criticism came and i remember when i went natural um i went natural because i had psoriasis and the entire top of my head about a fistful of hair just fell out bald is wow as smooth as a baby's <gasps> and i didn't know if it ever come back and i had to have a little weave there and um my stylist you know worked with me and my hair did grow back i i used to, um a treatment um from my my doctor and it grew back and she said well what do you want to do with your hair because i had like two inches of curly hair here and then the rest was relaxed and i said cut it all off two inches what every bit of it and so i cut all my hair off and i came into work um with you know, curly, short hair. And I was a chief executive officer in an IT company and all the black women wrangled me into the break room and said, what have you done? You <gasps> made it into the boardroom. You're in the C-suite. You can now advocate for us. We can be treated fairly. And now you've gone and done that to your hair. And now they're gonna find a way to get rid of you. And what about us? Wow. And I was just like, you know, these were like older aunties. And I was like, uh, sorry, <laughs> you know, and so I and even my husband at the time, he was kind of who's black was like, I don't like your hair. You need to do something with it. Can't you wear a wig? Wow. Oh, wow. And so just like my my mom and um my coworkers and my partner, they their identity was wrapped up in my identity and who I am. And so, you know, he liked the corporate executive who looked like a diva and drove the big Mercedes. I don't have any of that now because I live a different <laughs> lifestyle, but he, that was the image <laughs> that he had of me and I changed. Wow. And so he <laughs> lost some of his identity because his wife doesn't look the way that, you know, that felt made him feel good or made him feel successful. And I shouldn't have to have straight hair to feel like right. I'm a success. I still mm -hmm. have an MBA. I still have all these years of experience. I still have my intelligence. I just have shorter hair and it's natural. But the, the, the beauty of it is I took back hours of my life by having short hair and, mm -hmm. and natural hair, you know, all the hours, um, each week that I have to spend under the hair dryer, drying my hair and curling my hair. 
and you know trying to have an adventure sports lifestyle Friday through Sunday and then racing home on Sunday to to do my hair so that I can look good in in the C-suite on Monday and it was it was a lot and it was um it was stressful and I felt like I was code switching hair and that felt really uncomfortable so I don't code switch anywhere in my uh, life now I I do remember I had long hair when I was younger um my niece actually she cut her, all of her hair off because her mo her mother was very heavy-handed and she's tender-headed like I am. And when she was five or six, her hair was to her knee. Like I have a picture of me pulling the curls down and it went to her knee. And when she got to be about I think, 13 or so, she cut a bunch of it off because her mom had made the comment, oh, because she, she hated getting her hair combed all the time, right? Because of the heavy-handedness. And the mom said, oh, it's just so much. And so... When I went to see her in Las Vegas, where they live, I was like, what? Why does her hair look so much thinner? And she's like, oh, she cut it. And she was like, I was just trying to be helpful. So she cut off her hair because she heard her mom say how much work it was to do. Right. And my my niece speak of hair. So that's why I started to go with my dad is darker. My mom is lighter. But my little brothers, their father is more my mom's complexion. But their hair is the tightest of all of those. Rhonda, you were talking earlier. I don't remember the name you called it, but it's probably that kind of hair. Because my stepfather used to call it little peas. Like their hair would roll up into little peas. Frijoles. <laughs> and so... Um, my Mexican friends told me, say, um, say they they love my frijo my curls because they look like frijoles. Who said that? I was like, I'll take that as my Mexican friends in North Carolina, I was like, I'll take that as a compliment, but I'm not really sure. So I don't know. I, I said, it look I like beans. Yeah, that's how I, I would have been like, uh, what's wrong? You know, so funny. I, but I, I, but I, in context. Go ahead. But in context, they love black beans, right? So, yeah. you know, this community of people from um, um, DFE, District Federal, Acapulco, um, you know, so they assumed that I was from Defe because, um, you know, black slaves escaped there and they look like me with the broad nose and the big lips and, you know, which I love my face now, but it was like a process of, I don't of find your lips that big. I think I always loved my I mean, by today's standards, they're not. But in the, I'm old. I'm. I'll be 55, right? So by <laughs> yeah, I'll be Holy 55 cow. in November. But by you know 1970 standards, this was not the standard of beauty. And so, like, um, I always loved me. I always looked at my face and say, I love my face. I like my face. I didn't understand why other people didn't like my face. And so I had to come to like be first be okay with. I have not found my tribe yet. People, you know, they don't get me. They don't understand me. They don't like me. And it's okay because one day I'm going to grow up and I'll find my people. Well, girl, right? And what I mean by my people, people is people who are like, who just like me for who I am. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. you found your people today. So, first of all, come on 55. <laughs> <laughs> come on 55. I would not. It's it's not just it's not just the skin, which is another episode. It's also the energy. It's also the activities that you're you're doing. It's also just the life you're bringing. Like fifty, what? Okay, that's beautiful. So, <laughs> um, just black so, track, but only if you uh, take right? care of it. I mean, well, you yeah, look good. Well, okay, okay. I, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was going to say about like that, that whole culture around the hair and everything. 
Um, my my both my girls, I had their hair natural, and my mother was like just could not stand it, could not stand it for the longest. Funny enough, now she wears her hair natural and goes around telling other people how, why they should, but I'm not gonna go there. Anyway, um, she we got into a huge fight because I moved back home to New Orleans with my daughter, my eldest daughter, and I was working a lot trying to afford to move out of her house. And um, my daughter called me while I was at work. I was doing a, uh, like a, a job where I was driving around a lot. And she was like, Grandma says she's going to straighten my hair. She's going to put a relaxer in my hair. And she told me, I better not tell you. And I was like, oh, no, I'm driving over there right now. So I drove over. And it was so bad. And my mother will hate that I'm telling this story. But hey, don't put out there what you don't want everybody to see. Anyway, <laughs> she... In front of me was reprimanding my daughter. How dare you call her and tell her what I was going to do? And it was like this whole thing. My daughter's hair was so big, like huge fro. And we would do like big Afro puffs. Like it was just so cute. And she was just so insistent, so insistent. I think um, Adia was like 10 at the time. And she finally wore her down at 13. I sent her to New Orleans for the summer. I wasn't living there anymore. And... She convinced Adia to get, let's go get a relaxer. Your hair will look so pretty. And then over the course of like probably seven to eight months, I just watched her hair get shorter, 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 shorter. Because every time she went, oh, it's broken. We need to clip it off. And we couldn't keep up the like going every week for the stylist to keep her hair up. And she couldn't maintain at home, like the wear the bonnet and wrap the hair and all of that stuff. So she ended up having very short hair from having like, low back length hair because of the relaxer and she didn't look better like her grandma had promised her she would look so much prettier and she didn't enjoy it and you know now her hair's natural and everything but it's just that culture of the hair and so perfect segue because we've run out of time today Um, but Antoinette, we'll have to have you come back because we talked about beauty as well. So I think we can finish this hair discussion, but also talk about the skin discussion next time and what it really takes to keep Nubian skin up. So we will invite you back. We're we're, going to continue with this. Um, but for today, thank you so much for being here. Wow. I'm still, I'm still a little flabbergasted and in shock at some of the things that you've shared. Yeah. Yeah, you could read all about it in You're my gorgeous. upcoming memoir. <laughs> in your upcoming... You're gorgeous. Thanks for coming on. Ciao. Wait, wait, wait. Recall- memoir. Okay, memoir. In your upcoming memoir. Okay, got it. Thank you. We'll make sure to have that in the comments in, in the um, episode, and then we will have you back. Adios. Bye. Ciao.